Hello and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me, Gail, and my amazing guest. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018, and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration, joy and light so you can find your own sober bliss. Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of Sober Bliss Meets. Today I'm delighted because I'm joined by the gorgeous Sally Odie. Sally is the Clarity Coach and you help purpose-driven coaches to increase their impact and income. Is that right, Sally? Yes, that's right. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here today. Oh, I'm so excited. And we're here to talk about your journey around your relationship with alcohol. And you're going through a thing at the moment, aren't you? So um, do you want to just tell us, you know, why you're doing this? What's going on? Yeah, so um, I'm an oversharer, so everyone get ready for a lot of information. So at the moment, uh, I'm actually in, <laughs> I'm in menopause as well. So I'm 44 years old, I've been in menopause a couple of years, and for anyone who's in menopause or perimenopause, the symptoms can be pretty horrendous. And I've certainly found over the last couple of years that my tolerance for alcohol and the impact alcohol has on me has been way worse than ever before. Um, last night, that estrogen actually increases the impact that alcohol has on you. And obviously I'm putting estrogen gel on myself every single day. So it's hardly any wonder actually that alcohol is having a really adverse impact on me. Yeah. Um, so last year I gave up drinking for about three months. Um, and amazingly, all of my um, menopause symptoms just went away. Um, mm. And then foolishly, I started again and I thought, oh, I'll just have, you know, a couple once a week. I started doing that kind of like, you know, bargaining and making it all seem really reasonable in my head. And mm. then I, just before you know it, you're back on to a glass of wine a night or a couple of glasses here, a couple of glasses there. Um, and it's not as though I was drinking a lot, like I would have um, maybe four nights a week, a couple of glasses of wine maximum. So I was actually not entirely unhappy with the amount I was drinking. Mm. I was unhappy with how it was making me feel and the fact that I was thinking about it too much. It was yeah. just invading my thoughts because obviously I wasn't really happy with it really. And I knew that it was impacting me negatively emotionally and physically and I was get, I was getting annoyed at myself that I wasn't able to just stop yeah yeah that makes a huge amount of sense and actually I don't think it has to be horrible to want it to be better and even just like you said the thoughts taking up a lot of time and a lot of headspace and a lot of energy it does get in the way of you know other things it gets in the way of what you want to do with your life with your job with your work everything um so what kind of prompted you this time around to have another alcohol-free spell well 
my menopause symptoms have been really, really bad over the last mm. few months. I think obviously at the moment when we're doing this um, interview, we're kind of coming out of, of COVID. So we've yeah. had this huge lockdown and this really uncertain period in, in the world. And I think I think like a lot of people when that all started happening, I mean, I'm a bit of an anxious person anyway, and my anxiety was quite high. And so stupidly, you just turn to the wine sometimes. So I feel like over the last few months, I've kind of got myself into a really bad habit of, um, you know, for a little while I was drinking wine every night and I was definitely drinking more frequently than I had been for a while. Um, and my menopause symptoms were just getting to a stage where it was really interfering. Obviously, I'm a solo. It's just me. Um, I am very, very driven, very passionate, very ambitious, very energetic normally. Um, but it was getting to a stage where there was like a few days a month where I was just useless. Like I just couldn't physically concentrate. I couldn't do anything. I was super tired. Um, so my symptoms were just getting really bad. And it was literally like, even if I had one glass of wine on an evening, I wouldn't sleep well. I would wake up in the night with sweats and anxiety. Mm. And then I would wake up in the morning super early, but I'd be like groggy and tired and struggling to focus and just feeling out of sorts. Um, and to be honest, I, I, I do feel like I don't have time to waste. Yes. You know, I feel like I'm on a journey, I'm on a path, I've got stuff I want to do, and I, I actually don't want to waste my time, effort, or energy on anything that's not serving me anymore. Like, I just don't have time for that at the moment. That's how I'm feeling at the moment right now. Like, yeah. it's like I said to you, I don't know if I'm going to quit for good or quit for a year or, like, I, I'm not really, like, putting a specific thing on it. But what I know in my heart is for right now, alcohol is really not serving me and actually it's harming me. Mm. So like, why continue to do it? So it's been kind of looping around in my head for a couple of months because I think with me, it does take me a while. Once I've kind of made a decision, then I kind of need to G myself up to actually do it. <laughs> um, but funnily enough, the same thing happened last time. Once I've decided to stop, that's it. Like, I don't even think about it, you know what I mean? It, yeah. I seem to be able to do it really easily once I've set my mind to it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, I often refer to a quote by Michael Jordan, and it's, uh, once I made the decision, I never thought about it again. And it's so true. You've just kind of highlighted that, you know, beautifully, because I think a lot of it is what goes on in our head. And when we can make the decision whatever it might be you know when I quit I didn't say I was going to quit forever I didn't even say I was going to quit for a month I just said yeah I'm not drinking and it was that decision like you said it was kind of like oh thank god I don't have to think about it anymore I don't have to worry about it anymore and it yeah and it was just like kind of took off from there if you know what I mean and I think it is that sense of freedom and liberation that comes with making that decision. Obviously, it might take a while to get there, but once you do, then you're off, if you like, yeah. which is so amazing to see and to feel. Um, so I to, to to keep it up and to not go back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, you know, what was being in my head since the beginning, 
like I'm not drinking no matter what. And again, it wasn't like I'm not drinking for a year no matter what, I'm not drinking forever no matter what. It was just I'm not drinking. And that gave me the opportunity to explore other things because often we think it's a case of drink or not drink. That's the only choice we've got. But really, it's not drinking is more than just not actually physically drinking. It opens up a whole new world because then you kind of begin to explore how do I want to feel? What can I do to help me feel that way? And because you've taken away the drinking equation, then that kind of frees you up to explore what else is out there. Have you found that you've been exploring other avenues to help you feel how you want to feel? Well, it's funny because I read something the other day that said um, one of the reasons we drink is because we want to feel something we want to feel different we either want to feel relieved or relaxed or happy or more confident or whatever and when I heard that I thought to myself well alcohol just makes me feel like crap like <laughs> I've realized actually I don't even like feeling tipsy I start to feel really mm. fuzzy I can't really concentrate on what I'm saying I, I can't, you know, like I actually don't like the way it makes me feel. So like, why, why, there's literally no reason for me to drink it. Like, I don't even, I don't like the taste that much that I've got to drink it. Yeah. Um, but I suppose I have been journaling loads. Um, I'm a very creative person anyway. And I'm actually about to start, I haven't started it yet, mm. but I'm about to start The Artist's Way, which is oh yeah, like a 12 week creativity program. Um, because a big thing, a big thing for me with the alcohol was, um, creativity is probably the most important thing in my life. Really, I've realised as I'm getting older, and alcohol was definitely suppressing or harming my creativity. So now that I'm not drinking, I'm just looking forward to being more creative. Like I want to write my first book. There's a lot of stuff I want to do, mm. um, yeah. and alcohol's just getting in my way. You know, so. And it's, like, it's interesting that you say as well that you didn't kind of say, oh, I'm going to stop for a month or for two months or for a year. Because I kind of feel like for me, I'm a bit of a rebel. And even if I say to myself, I'm going to stop for a month, I know the rebel in me will sabotage that. So I think for me, I'm better off just kind of keeping it a bit open and seeing where it goes. But I think in the back of my mind, I am thinking it'll be for the rest of the year. Yeah. it's gonna uh, um, get in the way of me doing that yeah yeah I lost you for a second it's oh sorry that's all right um so yeah you're not putting a specific time frame on it you're just gonna leave it open and see what happens <clears throat> yeah. yeah I love that yeah it's, yeah it's like um you know the sober curious movement isn't it where we just kind of see what happens see how we feel see what comes up um because it's a journey also, so to be honest there's a, there is a part of me that thinks to myself yeah it is a journey and i think there is a part of me that thinks 
you know, if I go to a nice restaurant and have a beautiful meal, like I want to actually be able to enjoy one glass of wine and yeah. not be a big, huge thing, you know, that's like, I don't want to do that now. Like that's cause, cause I'm detoxing and I feel like I'm cleansing. And I think when you start on this journey, I feel like you need that period of time to kind of move your body and mind and emotions away from alcohol but in time yeah I would like to be able to go and have a steak and a nice glass of red wine and yeah. and then not have another drink again for months and months and months or if someone is celebrating something yeah I would like to have a glass of champagne but mm. then maybe not have anything else for months and months and months so I think that's why like for me saying I'm not drinking I'm never drinking again like I just don't feel that's going to work for me right now so it's like mm. you say it's that sober curious I'm just on this journey I'm not placing too many sort of firm parameters on myself and I'll just see how it goes really yeah I think that's honestly the best thing to do because we're all different um and if you do start putting kind of restrictions on it then it can feel scary, it can feel uncomfortable. And at the end of the day, we have to do what feels right for us. And changing our relationship with alcohol is different for everybody. And it's a personal thing. So I completely agree that you're doing the right thing. I also agree that we do need a proper break. Um, yeah. you know, not drinking during the week and then drinking at the weekend, that's not really a proper break. Or even maybe just a month off. I personally don't think that's long enough either. But yeah, you're so right. You do need to put that distance between yourself and the alcohol so that you can work out what it is that you really want at the end of the day. That's what's important. Yeah. yeah. So what, what kind of... Um, I'll tell you, it's not been... Yeah. It's not been bothering me at all. Like my husband's still drinking. So like I, I literally like, like two nights ago, I poured him a glass of wine for dinner and I gave it to him. And I, I like, I'm not even remotely, I'm not even like, ooh, I'd love a glass of wine now. Like just nothing. It's just switch. It's like a tap has switched off. off. Yeah. It's so weird. Wow. But the same thing happened when I did it last year. And mm. I quit um, I quit coffee, I quit sugar, and it was the same thing. It had been bothering me for months and months and months. And then literally one day I was like, I will just no longer do this. And I just didn't. And it just never bothered me again. It's so yeah. strange. It's like yeah. a switch. Just <laughs> Yeah. Wow, that is interesting. I was just going to ask you, what kind of experiences have you had so far in this? period of time about you know other people and how you're feeling physically well obviously because we've had lockdown because we because we're kind of locked down COVID nothing's really open um I haven't really had many social experiences although I am going out for dinner tonight to a beautiful steak restaurant but I intend to have soda and cranberry so I've already thought about what I'm going to have to drink and so I'm kind of you know prepared myself yeah um but last year when I did it um I did it um sort of I think it was August September October I did it last year and mm. obviously I went out for fr with friends I mean I don't go out like you know, to clubs or stuff anymore but like going out for dinners or lunches um and it was funny actually because it bothered some of my friends uh, more than it bothered me and I seem to be okay going out and not drinking to be mm. honest I prefer drinking at home anyway 
like I prefer having a couple of glasses of wine at home when I'm out I'm actually quite happy not to drink anything um so yeah so it doesn't bother me going out socially but that is an interesting point how I think when you stop drinking you've kind of got to be prepared that people are going to react Mm. um in different ways and it's always super interesting because I think obviously how they react is a reflection of their own feeling about their own relationship with alcohol as opposed to anything that you're doing um so I feel like you've almost got to be to be ready to allow the people in your life to react however they want to react and you've almost just got to kind of take it and suck it up a little bit because they're reacting from their their place of feeling nothing to do with you Um, but I think that when you stop drinking that can be a real big challenge actually you know like I literally had a friend say to me last year um, when I'd stopped drinking and I was like oh you know should we go out for dinner she was like oh well we can get a taxi and I said oh well I'm not dr- I'm not dr- drinking so I can just drive like it's amazing and she was like oh you're not drinking maybe we should reschedule for when you're back on the drink and I was like wow okay yeah. that's really interesting so yeah. you don't even want to see me if I'm not drinking wine like that's crazy yeah um, so I feel like people need to kind of be prepared for those for a really wide I, I was called boring like oh I've got a lot last year and I'm drinking from a variety of people. So I think that's a really interesting part of the journey to go through, actually, is to see how people react to you. It's really fascinating, actually. Yeah, it is. And often it can be what kind of stops us because we, I think we worry a lot about how other people are going to react or what they might say. And sometimes it's easier just to not do what we want to do because we're thinking about other people when really you know what other people think of us is none of our business we just have to as you say be prepared that we might get weird comments or weird reactions but it's nothing to do with us at the end of the day um but yeah i can imagine that you've had some weird you know something interesting actually i think a lot of us a lot of us women who don't drink excessively we're not alcoholics yeah. we're not um we don't have a physical addiction to alcohol or we might be dependent but we don't have a physical addiction to alcohol mm. i think that when you go alcohol free and then you say to someone oh i've stopped drinking you worry that the assumption is going to be that you had a problem with alcohol or that Absolutely. you were an alcoholic so I almost feel there's some sort of um, fear that there's going to be a negative um, thought going in on. So, oh, she stopped drinking. Jesus, I didn't know she had an actual problem. Oh my God, was she an alcoholic? Yeah. You know, I think that was something that we worry about. You know, when saying to people, "I've stopped drinking." You know, so it's all these little things I think that kind of that go on and that can really sabotage. Like you mm. say, if it's what you want to do in your heart, like it doesn't really matter what anyone else is doing what everyone else says about it like it's your journey it's your life you know and I also think a lot of women think oh well if she can do it why can't I but fundamentally if it's negatively impacting your life your well-being your your physical and emotional health then it could be fine for her but it's not fine for you and that's all that matters exactly exactly because we do compare ourselves to other people a lot don't we and we do base other people's 
drinking on our own decisions you know like you've just said you see someone and they seem to be able to drink normally and you think oh well if she can do it then I can do it or you might go into Google and then you kind of choose the responses that you kind of want to hear or you say things that you think that they want to hear and you're either yeah Google says I'm not you know I haven't got a problem I can carry on drinking or yay Google says that I do have a problem I have to stop but really it's about you at the end of the day yeah. like you just said if it doesn't make you happy or if you yeah. think yeah that you could be happier or feel better then that's good enough reason in itself yeah isn't it that's the thing it's all about you know i talk about alignment a lot as a, as a business coach and it is all about being in alignment and i feel like when you're not you know it because you can feel it you can sense it like things just feel off things yeah. don't feel right like if you're having a recurring not happy with the way alcohol is making me feel then that's that's your soul your inner voice or whatever telling mm. you that you're out of alignment that this isn't right for you right now and and that's the thing and i think it's important again if it's not right for you right now that's fine it doesn't mean it's not going to be right for you in a year it yeah. just means it's not right for you right now you know i just think you just yeah. need to we all just need to listen to our own inner voices more you know because yeah. they won't ever lead us wrong yeah exactly exactly that's so powerful and i think it's important because a lot of people don't listen to themselves enough they do try and carry on and squash the voice down and look around at the world that we're in maybe see other business owners or our colleagues all having a fine old time where wine or alcohol in general is a big part of the culture and we think that we have to do it too to fit in or to give the impression that we're successful because we're stood I don't know, at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower with a glass of champagne in our hand or whatever it might be. But really, I don't think anybody really knows what other people are going through in their own homes. So the outward kind of perception that they give might not be true anyway. But like you said, it's coming back to us, to listening to our voice, listening to our intuition and doing what's right for us at that particular moment yeah yeah and like I say I mean I'm in I'm very much in the sort of entrepreneurial world and I definitely see a huge trend towards um, entrepreneurs not drinking alcohol you know and I've actually seen a lot of very very successful entrepreneurs step forward and say you know you've got to master your health if you want to be a successful entrepreneur the first thing you've got to do is master your health and yeah. alcohol is never ever ever going to serve you um towards becoming a successful business owner you know it's going to hinder your progress massively yeah. um and you know it's like i said i'm super serious about my business i'm super ambitious and like i'm just not letting anything stand in my way you know and if alcohol is one of those things then for now it has to move to the side yeah oh that's amazing i love it i love it <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of benefits have you noticed so far in terms of your uh, business um well i'm sleeping better yeah. which in itself makes a huge difference 
Yeah. Um, I'm an early riser anyway, so I normally wake up between 5 and 6.30. Um, but when I wake up, when I've not had any alcohol, I'm wide awake. Mm. Um, I exercise, I meditate, I journal. If I've had some wine the night before, I don't have the patience or the impetus to do any of that stuff. Mm. You know, I'm at my desk, I'm focused, I've got more energy, I'm more, I can concentrate better. Um, my creativity is flowing. Like, mm. I mean, let's face it, the benefits of not drinking are so many. Like, it's hard to actually put into words like how many health, health and, and mental well-being benefits there are to not drinking. Mm. It's funny, I read something again the other day that said, um, when you've been drinking and you have a hangover, the symptoms you have in your hangover are actually the early stages of alcohol withdrawal. You know, yeah. so when you think about, oh, I've just got a really bad hangover, that's your body, like, actually withdrawing from, yeah. from, from alcohol. You yeah. know, when you think about that, it's quite, actually, you know, that you're poisoning your body mm. to such a degree that it's suffering a physical withdrawal the next day. Like, it's yeah. shocking, actually. Yeah, it is. It is. And often the cravings that we get for alcohol is just the withdrawal process. So when, we're, when we have a drink to ease the craving, we're actually just easing the withdrawal. So you're constantly just topping yourself up, I suppose, and staying in that cycle. So no wonder, you know, it's difficult when we stop because of the withdrawal and the detox. But actually, it's kind of our body saying, thank you, <laughs> giving me a break. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, when you, it's when you give up anything, you have, like I said, when I gave up caffeine, when I gave up sugar, I used to be a smoker when I gave up smoking 13 years ago. You know, when you give up anything that has a, that alters your state of your body somehow, I think you're gonna have a physical reaction to it. Yeah. Um, but I think with, with alcohol, definitely, you know, obviously there are different stages and, and different, um, um, severity of symptoms and things but I think if you're going through uh, symptoms that you can manage um you know I advise just drink lots of water indulge in some sweet treats rest yes. nap watch Netflix yes just relax and it'll pass you know what I mean you'll be able to get through it you've got to kind of I feel like you've got to be really kind and gentle to yourself in those early days and yeah. just give yourself time to rest and kind of really nourish yourself in other ways. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's definitely something your tooth, oh, it goes through the roof because not only are you withdrawing from alcohol, you are withdrawing from sugar as well. Um, so yeah, my sweet tooth has been ping, 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 ping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's okay, I think, at the end of the day you know you do need to treat yourself and look after yourself and do whatever it takes to feel good especially in the early days of it um and i just wanted to ask you as well you know you're obviously very busy you're hugely passionate about your job you put a lot of time and effort and energy into it so when it gets to the end of the day or the end of the week and you want to relax because let's face it we all deserve to relax and chill out how are you doing that now as opposed to reaching for a glass of wine 
So I'm using the same um, strategy that yeah. I used last year when I stopped for like three months, and it's called Seedlip. So it's that non-alcoholic <laughs> gin, um, yeah. which I'm obsessed with and is so like if you're a gin and tonic lover like and i know that some people don't like placebo alcohol mm. because they feel it's a slippery slope back in but for me last year i literally had um at the end of the day i have a seed lip every day mm. i have a seed lip maybe on a friday i'll have two Woo! um <laughs> but to be honest because the flavor profile is so similar to gin you know, it's a complexly distilled um, herb and fruit-based um, tonic, I suppose you'd call it. Mm. Um, like the flavour profile is very similar to gin. So for me, having that at the end of the day, almost like all the benefits of having a gin and tonic without the fuzzy head and yeah. feeling groggy and the headache. So I rely on, because I like at the end of the day, I like to have that special grown-up <clears throat> drink. Yeah. you know that I kind of I make it it's the whole kind of ritual and I sit down and I'm like oh you know so but for me non-alcoholic gin seems to work so that's that's what I'm a big proponent of I'm a big fan of the non-alcoholic gin yeah and I put blue, throw blueberries in and strawberries and you know I make it super special mm. um but yeah and to be honest I normally find that once I have one of those my any craving I might have for wine is gone by the time I drink then I, I've had my dinner I have a cup of tea and then I, I'm not thinking about wine anymore anyway yeah yeah that's important I think to still have something delicious to drink because why shouldn't we and now luckily there are so many amazing different drinks out there um I'm a tea drinker, massive tea drinker, and I think I switched from beer to tea, and that was me. Like, um, so I'm probably missing out actually on all of the amazing alcohol-free alternatives that you can get now. But yeah, that's what worked for me, and I think it is finding something that works for you and that yeah. you enjoy, and it makes you feel good. And and often I think it's just sitting down with something nice that's all we need really and yeah. maybe it's the thought sometimes the thought of having a glass of wine that actually makes us feel relaxed and not the actual glass of wine itself yeah i i bought um last year actually when i went sober last year i bought you know the old soda stream machine oh yeah yes yeah. yeah, so i bought a soda stream machine <laughs> and so I, when I'm not having seed lip I just make soda water and put some cordial and some berries in or in one of those nice big gin and tonic glasses yeah um so even if I'm just having a uh, like a cordial drink I try and make it try and jazz it up a little bit at the end of the day um, yeah. to make it just feel that little bit more special and like a little celebratory end of the day kind of mocktail I suppose so yeah. yeah so that's definitely what's worked for me definitely and then like I say once you've had one you're not bothered a glass of wine actually yeah that's so true because often we think oh my god you know I've got to get through the whole afternoon what am I going to do but you don't feel the same at six o'clock as that you do it I don't know seven eight or nine o'clock so getting through that first 
hour even, or sometimes it's even just the first 20 minutes. And once you can do that, then it does free up the rest of the afternoon. You know what, when you say that now, it just reminds me actually, when I stopped smoking all those years ago, so as I was getting ready to stop, I kind of got down to like five cigarettes a day or something, which even now makes me feel physically ill, even saying that. Yeah. Um, but I read something back then and it's so true actually, when you're, when you're quitting smoking, you just have to quit one cigarette at a time. Yeah. So if you normally have your first cigarette at five o'clock, have your first cigarette at six o'clock. If you mm -hmm. normally have your first cigarette at six o'clock, have it at seven o'clock. So you're kind of, you know, you're just giving up one at a time. So if you're, if you're craving that glass of wine at six o'clock, have a seed lip and tonic or a fancy cool drink instead, yeah. you know, and then you probably, probably won't want that glass of wine anyway so just if you're just thinking about you know it's like I think sometimes we we think too far ahead and we think about the how we place ourselves in a future space and then it can seem really big and overwhelming mm. whereas if you just focus on here right now right I'm craving wine what can I do right here right now to make myself feel better you know and a craving actually only lasts 10 minutes hey so all yeah. you actually need to do is get through 10 minutes and yeah. the craving will actually be gone. Yes. Whatever you can, I think whatever you can do, whatever works for you, whatever you can do to stop yourself from having whatever that trigger glass of alcohol is at the end of the day, then you mm. probably feel fine the rest of the night. Yeah, you do. I completely agree. It is just that moment. Um, but yeah, you're right. Often we put like, oh my God, I've got to get through the weekend or God, I've the whole month what am I going to do and that is enough sometimes to make us not bother but yeah. taking it moment to moment and being mindful and being aware and just you know really setting your intention that I'm going to get through this 10 minutes no matter what and then you do feel different you're absolutely yeah. right uh, what I often is, um, and it, it hasn't happened so much now I have to say because I haven't really been kind of craving it but I know that like when I um, if I do crave it I just actually think about what it feels like to wake up with that really bad hangover well yeah that's a good idea and that's enough to stop me as well Ugh, because yeah. when you think about waking up in the morning oh and you just feel so dreadful your heart's pounding and you're sweaty you've got that awful taste in your mouth and yeah. you feel a bit sick and you're full of regret and remorse and you just feel awful like whenever I do crave a glass I'm like really Sally is that really worth it no it's not so yeah. that kind of helps me as well yeah yeah oh I love that I love that um yeah mornings for me as well were just amazing once I quit and you're you know never want to go back oh. to that awful feeling ever again ever again so right now then you are in a really really good place um i'm so excited to see where you go from here and what happens um so will you come back and let us know how you're getting on Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm in your Facebook group now, yeah. Sober Bliss, so I'll be uh, keeping you posted in there as well. So yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back on maybe in a few months and see yeah. 
I'm going, definitely. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Sally. It's so good to talk to you and just to see and feel and hear how positive and just fun you seem to be having right now. So thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share and subscribe. For more help and support, go to the Sober Bliss website, soberbliss.com. Connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living.